You're listening to the Better for America podcast presented by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Hello, everybody. I'm Rebecca Weber, and this is your AMAC podcast, Better for America. Thank you all so much for joining us. A couple of things I want to share with you. As you know, if you've been listening, we were just at the uh, CPAC event, which stands for the Conservative Political Action Conference. It was held this past weekend, and we heard Donald Trump speak. I thought it was really interesting that he said there will be no third party. In other words, he seems to be really rallying the Republicans behind, um, you know, his uh, leadership efforts to coalesce the best of the best conservatives in America uh, to help us win back the House in 2022. It was a really great conference. The, um, the, the, um, the folks there were just upbeat. People were wearing masks. People were social distancing. Uh, there was some really great security there. Uh, I did not have a mask on at Radio Row while I was interviewing people, taking my own precautions, of course. Um, but what I thought was funny was the way the left came out against this conference. I mean, they came out like we were doing something really wrong. Get this. We're not even into the conference. Barely, you know, I think it barely even kicked off. And the, the before the left started in on the shape of the stage, okay, they they actually are accusing the the, the people that coordinated this event as um, organizing the stage shape. If you only view it from 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 the sky, I don't know who'd be up on the rafters of the roof anyway, but uh, as looking from a, from above, looking down, uh, they, they said that there was something wrong with the shape of the stage layout. Uh, I mean, this is really insane. I think the left will find anything and it's an extreme left. Um, what's refreshing about the people I'll be speaking with, the person I'll be speaking with today is, uh, is Arnie Simkus, Arnold Simkus. Uh, he's, he's a great patriot American. He's an AMAC member. Uh, he's a former NFL Jets player. Uh, I believe in 1965, he played on the New York Jets for, for a handful of years with uh, Joe Namath. Uh, so he's got a winning attitude. He's got a winning spirit. Um, but he loves our country. He's a patriot and he calls himself a Democrat. But he says, you know, the party has changed so much. It's gone from being um, a party that... Uh, my own family members and I myself were able to identify with a lot of the um, the issues and the the, the policies uh, under, uh, let's say, um, uh, uh, even a Clinton, Bill Clinton, when he was in office. Uh, some of the things that he did, for example, balancing our national debt, uh, he seemed to be fiscally conservative in certain ways. Um, uh, today, we're not seeing any moderate Democrats. They're, they just rarely exist. And what's happening is the far left is becoming this voice of um, the Democrat Party. And if you don't agree with what they say, and you don't fall in line, they call you a racist. They call you a, if you're white, a white supremacist. Um, they're really attacking Christians. Uh, Arnie Simkus is, is going to share with you how he believes his own party is attacking our Christian Judeo values that help make our country so great. Um, this cancel, cancel culture has gotten out of control. Um, you know, CPAC, uh, they stood proudly with their Jewish allies. There was no stage set up, uh, resembling anything bad. Um, listen to this. What the left is also doing is they're going after the Hotel Hyatt and they're calling for boycotts. 
Can you uh, now I, w- I want to talk a little bit about the hypocrisy there for a quick minute, because this really gets under my skin. The very same people that said, how dare you, Mr. Baker, not bake a cake, um, you know, for for uh, for for somebody that wants for you to put a, a, a two females or two men on a cake. How dare you not do that? Uh, and they have that right to say that. And they have everyone has a right to their opinion. And you certainly have a right to not go to that bakery if you don't want to go to that bakery. Um, but they were mad because the business owners wouldn't offer a service, saying that they had to offer a service to everyone and anyone that walked into their bakery. Do you remember this story? This is going back a handful of years. I don't recall the name of the bakery, uh, but I know and remember clearly this story, and you can go ahead and Google it, um, how folks were put under extreme pressure because they denied service. Well, now, listen to this hypocrisy. The very same group of people that said you should never deny service to American people that come in to buy your services or your products based on their beliefs. Those very same people are going after the Hyatt, calling for boycotts. Uh, I mean, there's even an ever-growing list of celebrities saying that they'll never stay at the hotels, the Hotel Hyatt chain ever again. Uh, it's It's really... Unreal. And thank God we've got people like Mike Huckabee out there that's saying I'll be giving even more of my business to the Hyatt. Uh, No corporation should be punished for selling or offering their core product. That is a hotel room. Uh, So it it is refreshing to see that the Hyatt stand their ground, um, that they offered a, a wonderful place for CPAC to take place. Uh, I thought it was a wonderful, wonderful event. We spoke with so many great people there, and we will be delivering those interviews to you. You'll be getting them in your inbox uh, very, very soon. Uh, but I just want to thank each and every person here that's listening for your membership in AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. We were formed uh, to offer benefits and services to America's uh, mature audience at a discount. So we accomplished that because we really wanted to compete with the AARP. We are the true David versus Goliath story. And what that means is that... Uh, we are the small guy. Uh, the other organization, they've got over 30 million AMAC members. Uh, AMAC is, has got, we're nearing the 2.4 million member mark. Uh, we had 2.4 million members and we're kind of staying right there, right at the cusp. We're getting hundreds of uh, members that are joining each day, but not everyone renews their AMAC membership. And the reason why it's so important to renew. And I'm really asking people to please forward this podcast and share this with your friends and family is because you become part of an organization that is really doing a lot of work for you in Washington. And I want to remind you all of our major, major priorities for 2021. If you like what we're working on, if you like what we stand for, then please tell your friends and family real quick election reform. Election reform is important. We're going to fight for election reform. We're going to do it at the state level. We have a whole grassroots um, community of people that are part of our AMAC Action Delegate and AMAC Action Chapter Program. So we're going to be working very hard on election reform. If you think we need election reform, join AMAC for $16 a year 
and save hundreds of dollars on the goods and services that you can get through AMAC. Number two, we're going to work to make sure that Social Security is there in the future and that you get a cost of living increase. Younger people, if you're listening, uh, if you're my age or younger, let's pray we get our Social Security check. We're going to make sure you do. AMAC is focused on protecting your Social Security. Um, First Amendment right to speech, freedom of speech. Folks, H.R. 1 is a huge, monstrous bill that is not for the people. AMAC is working to speak with our elected representatives to ensure that they know that you, our membership, is against H.R. 1. Uh, it will... Uh, definitely unlevel the playing field, if you will, uh, and it'll suppress your voice. So we'll be keeping you apprised on HR1 and your First Amendment right. The fourth issue, healthcare. Healthcare is so important in America. We have the greatest healthcare system ever made. Uh, we've got innovation in America. We have people coming to America for uh, access to, you know, surgeries, the best doctors on the globe. Uh, health insurance is an issue that we need to address. People need to be covered. Uh, all people need coverage, and we want to ensure that you have access to affordable health insurance. We have great ideas. Uh, we've got a long list of initiatives. We'll be getting back to you with those details. The fifth thing that we stand for, and that is national debt reduction. And when I say we stand for that, of course we do, but we're going to fight for it. We're putting together a real plan to help balance our national debt, which is out of control. We recognize that the trillions of dollars that are being spent are going to weaken the dollar. We recognize that for the long term, we cannot ignore our national debt. It's like having a household budget, right? Imagine you have a household budget and your annu- your monthly bills are, let's say, $5,000 a month to pay the mortgage, to pay the utility bills, to pay for your insurance, uh, to pay for your groceries. Now, let's imagine you're spending $10,000 a month. And let's imagine that every time you borrow that extra 5000 to cover your costs, that you're paying an interest rate on that borrowed money. Or better yet, you're borrowing from someone who can hold you hostage and recall that debt on you overnight. These are the things that we need to know as American people. AMAC will be working to help come up with real solutions to help balance our debt. And the sixth uh, major objective is we are against and we will oppose any federal tax increases and excessive job-killing regulations. I spoke about this earlier uh, last week. You know, we, we, we need to understand that the answer is not to impose regulations on business. Uh, that is not the way to help build our economy. Regulations uh, hurt business. And a lot of these regulations, if we look at them truly like things like the Green New Deal, let me tell you folks, that is bad for America. It's bad because, uh, you know, it's, it, it, it's written in a way that says, or it's presented in a way that promises this clean world and this clean, you know, it sounds good. But folks, if you get into the details there, you'll understand that it's really going to be a killer when it comes to our economy. And I know you know this, but I mentioned these major six priorities as our major initiatives, because if you care about those things for $16 a year, when we go to Washington, we can say, we have 3 million, 4 million, 5 million, 10 million AMAC members. The other mature organization, the senior organization, the AARP, 
they have tremendous clout in Washington. We are the alternative, and we are the only player in town. We're growing. We're the fastest growing, but we need more members in order for us to challenge the uh, Goliath, if you will. We are the David. They are the Goliath. So please join AMAC uh, for $16 a year, and remember that there's so much you can get. If you haven't received the magazine, it's a bi-monthly magazine. It's a wonderful magazine. AMAC members, you put Donald Trump on the cover of our magazine as Man of the Year. Our next magazine will be going to print next week. Um, so you get a bi-monthly magazine. You have access to discounts and savings, uh, everything from your Medicare supplement plan to your auto and home insurance, your financial planning, retirement planning, life insurance. Did I miss anything, Dave? <laughs> a lot. Okay. We've got a lot of stuff for you. So uh, check out our website at amac.us. Um, coming up with us next, folks, again, I think I mentioned Arnie Simkus. He is an AMAC member. He is a wonderful, uh, wonderful guy that you want to know more about. Um, but you, the best thing about my interview with Arnie, I think, is going to be learning how much we have in common with each other and learning how uh, we can work across the aisle if we stay focused on what it is that we have in common. So coming right up with us is Arnold Simkis, and we'll be right back with AMAX podcast, Better for America. If you're searching for a Medicare plan that's right for you, you need not look any further. AMAC is here to help you. You see, a handful of years ago, I helped set up AMAC Senior Resources Network. And this is a group of dedicated AMAC employees that work for you to help you find the right choice when it comes to your Medicare, whether it be a Medicare Advantage plan, a Medicare Supplement plan, or a prescription drug plan, we are the folks to help. Now, we've served tens of thousands of AMAC members. And in many cases, we're just here to give you advice. You may not necessarily need or want to enroll in a plan, but you may have questions. Please call AMAC, take advantage of your AMAC membership $16 annual fee, and get the services that you deserve. You'll be speaking with the same dedicated AMAC agent each time you call. We do that so that you can become acquainted with your agent and your agent can really get to know you and your needs. So don't hesitate to call AMAC with any question. There's no question too small. We're here to help you. Call us at 800-334-9330. Something that makes us very different too is we offer you choices, multiple choices. In many cases, you'll have over a dozen choices. It may be a Medicare supplement, it may be a Medicare Advantage plan, or a prescription drug plan, but we will make sure that your doctors and your drugs are covered. You need to give us a call. Call us at 800-334-9330 and speak with an AMAC licensed agent today. That's 800-334-9330. You won't regret it. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to AMAC's podcast, Better for America. And with me today is an AMAC member. We have with us Mr. Arnold Simkis. 
I'm very pleased to interview with you today, Arnie, and to have this chat because um, I, I just love the, the the exchange that we had earlier. We have so much in common, and you've got so much good information to share, and really a worlds of life experience. Uh, let me share with our listeners who you are exactly. Arnold Simkus, he founded the Pro-Life Democrats Association. He is the founder and executive chairman. And his mission or his tagline for this organization is really the voice for the voiceless in wombs, prisons, and party. And, you know, when I saw that, when Arnie reached out to AMAC and said, I'm a member and I have great information to exchange, uh, I said, send me whatever you've got. And he's been uh, emailing me some really great stuff. And I thought, wouldn't it be wonderful for us to bring Arnie to the table? Because we need to remind ourselves that there is so much that we have in common as Americans, whether you're a Democrat or a Republican. I always taught my children, Arnie, we're uh, children of God first and foremost. We're Americans second. And then we talk about the differences between us and our party lines. But we have so much in common. And one of those things that Arnie and I have in common is we love our country. I want to get tell them a little bit more before I invite you to chat in here, uh, because your story is absolutely beautiful. Uh, Arnie Simkus arrived in New York as a Lithuanian. He was a World War II refugee. And he came from the displaced persons camp in Germany with his parents at the age of six years old. He then moved to Detroit, Michigan, and he grew up on the Lower East Side. He was in a, a low to middle income integrated neighborhood. Now, here's what's beautiful about Arnie's story and what's so American about it, I think. You attended the University of Michigan uh, in 1961 through 1965, and during his senior year, he was drafted by the world champions Cleveland Browns in 1964 in the sixth round NFL draft, but he didn't, didn't sign up with the Browns. He wound up going with the New York Jets in 1965. So your story is a story of, um, of what can happen in America when you put your mind to it and you do what you love to do. So welcome to our show, Arnold Simkus. Welcome. Uh, I am so blessed to be here, Rebecca. Thank you so much for inviting me and being uh, being this, uh, part of this podcast. Uh, what a wonderful outreach uh, program. What a ministry, really, you have here. Thank you very much for this. Time. Well, you know, that's very kind of you to say, because... Um, that is exactly why Dan Weber formed the Association of Mature American Citizens. It really was to try to unite Americans and to offer a platform uh, for the average everyday American to become a part of so that their voice could be heard. And we happen to stand for so many of the same values. Um, I would like to ask you, well, first, first, I want to mention, I've got a really good friend. He works with me. His name is Gene Heater. He played with the New York Jets. So I did not get to talk to Gene yet about you, but I bet you guys knew each other. He was a, he was a, what was Gino's uh, wide, receiver. wide receiver was Gene Heater. I'm sorry, tight end. Oh, tight end. Tight end was Gene Heater. Okay, yeah, Brady five for sure. Yeah. Number 85, that's right. Yeah, he's a good guy. Uh, we really had a great team. From Mammoth, of course, was a, a superstar, the spectacular number one All-American from the left side. And uh, there was something about that team. Uh, it was really an amazing time, and I enjoyed it very much. And obviously, New York, you know, the Big Apple. And in so many ways, that, that also kind of triggered back when I started the 
uh, this pro-life Democrats association, because I remember in New York, it could be, you could walk anywhere, anytime, uh, day and night, which we did, uh, as bachelors, as uh, New York Jets, and uh, roam the streets and never fear, like you had absolutely no fear that you're going to run into any kind of problems, any kind of things. It was a great city, a heart of gold, and so much fun. And now it's not quite so much the same way. And it all it is because of this political divide, which I think is orchestrated. It is designed to divide and conquer. And Christians have been divided uh, between themselves uh, politically uh, by party affiliation. And then what's your race affiliation? And then what your denomination may be? Are you a believer or not believer? Are you a male, female before you know it? We have all these little categories that can separate us because we're so unique. You know, God created us unique in ourselves. And yet, e pluribus unum means from many into one. We are a melting pot. I'm the, I'm the product, the end product of this beautiful country, a melting pot coming in from nowhere and getting somewhere. And that can only happen in America, the way it's structured with its government and politics. Well, you know, uh, Arnie, what you said, uh, which really uh, I could fully relate to, is <clears throat> you said that as a pro-life Democrat, um, you thought that President Trump was the strongest Christian pro-life president that we have had in office. And I think that um, for, for, for you to say that and for our listeners to hear that is important because we do tend to stereotype people. We tend to say Democrats are all this way. They're all far left. They're all extremists. They all are pro-abortion. They, uh, they all are for open borders. And that, not, that is not necessarily the case. Uh, I agree with you that we were very blessed with a strong pro-life president in President Trump. And that is an issue that is so near and dear to my heart. I, I don't know why. Um, I think it's because of my grandmother. She raised me to really value life. Uh, she was uh, the kind of woman who sat with me at a very young age, you know, 11 or 12 years old. And she gently explained to me, um, how important and how precious life is in the womb. And as I got older, she, she actually volunteered, and I've, sh I've shared this with our listeners before, uh, she volunteered at a, a, a pregnancy group, and uh, she really just embraced women and let them see that baby in the womb and um, never told them what to do, but told them that they were loved and their baby's life was precious and and a life made by God. And, and so it brings us back to our shared beliefs, our Christian beliefs, but also our pro-life beliefs. What do you think is happening right now? Uh, we see that Joe Biden um, does not seem to support uh, life in the womb. Uh, he seems to even support uh, abortion in the third trimester and has not spoken out against uh, partial birth abortion. Uh, what can we do as American people? And what are you doing? What is your organization doing? I know that you're big about protecting life and including all people uh, and building that. Yeah. It, you know, Rebecca, I, I, I actually thought of this uh, many, many years ago. How do we unify? And the, because I came in from Detroit, I was uh, raised in Detroit, integrated. Uh, I had, I mean, I was just in, in the most beautiful position where I could it's just hard to describe. I, I, I didn't know what racism was uh, when I was growing up. I literally did not know. 
Uh, I went to a high school, Cass Technical High School, which is like the same as New York City's game uh, TV series. Uh, it had uh, Broadway uh, arts and sciences. It had chemistry, mathematics, aeronautics, automotive. So uh, it was such an integrated group of young kids uh, that I thrived in that environment. But where I'm going with this is I recognize that the majority of Democrats, the power centers of political power resides in the big cities of America. And today the, uh, the educational levels of, uh, of children in the inner cities is the lowest in the nation. Uh, poverty is the highest in these cities. Of course we have the urban, I get it, I get it. I know Appalachian has some poverty pockets, but Appalachian, those pockets may have 100,000 people. We have millions of people sitting in, in urban cities in desolation and destruction. And my goal is to recruit African-American Christians to join our, our cause, our movement, and then recruit them, train them to run for political office, and then engage their counterpart, their Democrat, Nancy Pelosi, the Chuck Schumer, the Rashad Tlaib, the, the Omars, the Cortezes, engage them at their most vulnerable part, just like a baby is vulnerable in the womb. And, and right now we're still trying to call it a person. The primary is the womb of every Democrat and Republican. You have to win your primary to be on the November election. I've run for office twice. And now I understand the process. I understand what it takes to win. Even though I didn't win, I understood the, the way it functions. The FEC reporting, financial record transactions, making sure to do the right things the right way, legally and morally. And if and our goal is to have as many African-American pro-life Democrats running at as many primaries in the big cities, the blue cities, as we can in 2022. Nancy Pelosi is going to be running for re-election in March of next year. I think it's early March. I try to get a specific date for this uh, this podcast, I couldn't get a hold of it, but in the first week of March or the second week of March 2022, we're talking about like 11 plus months from today, she's going to show up in a primary with her name on it, and she'll have other people running against her, maybe, but it doesn't matter. Can you imagine one of our people winning the primary in San Francisco area, taking the 12th district from Nancy Pelosi? Yeah. What a godsend. And we could do the same thing in Detroit, Chicago, Houston, Dallas, Atlanta, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, Cleveland, you name it, we'll do it. And that's the vision because we're Christians first, we're for life because God created us. It's such a unifying uh, platform. I really believe, like what we're doing here with the podcast, I get goosies, I get goosebumps thinking it's, it's a slam dunk. We're going to just pour a bunch of candidates out there. And they're going to run against everybody who's against life. And that is my vision. And as Christians, can we lose? Sure. Well, I, I understand that the reason why you founded the Pro-Life Democrats Association was to sort of be a counterforce within the Democrat Party. And you are opposed to the leftist elites that hold these, these good people, these decent Democrats hostage, as you put it, hostage to anti-Christian values, hostage uh, to the values that make America great. Uh, and so I think that we could be a much 
a stronger nation if uh, we all go back to understanding that we, uh, you know, we, we, we are all born unto uh, and by a creator who loves us. And it's just so unpopular to say that today, you know, people kind of chuckle and uh, they think that you're a conspiracy theorist or that you're, you know, stuck in the, uh, the ancient ages and that you haven't moved on with the times. But, you know, you and I understand that that's not the truth. The truth is that we all have a God-given purpose to serve uh, and we all have different talents and if we can understand that and we can learn to work together, my gosh, can you imagine the work that we could do for one another? Uh, I do pray that we see more Christians uh, back in our Senate and uh, in our, you know, in our houses of Congress. Uh, yep. But of course, uh, of course, we welcome all people of faith, uh, but to, to ignore entirely uh, the fact that our, our constitution or declaration was really based on these founding principles that were rooted in uh, Judeo-Christian beliefs would be to ignore history and to ignore the truth. You know, so uh, I appreciate your perspective very much. Can you share with us, Arnie, and our listeners, why do you think the younger people today, though, are buying into the ideas that socialism is better and that bigger government is better? Where do you think that's coming from? You know, you're seeing these and you've said it earlier, I think you touched on it, the inner cities uh, are really where we're seeing a lot of folks not getting, uh, having the resources. Um, I think it's a breakdown of family, perhaps. Uh, family values are really where a lot of this um, sense of independence and accountability come from, right? Right from the family, parents being the best teachers out there. But what is what are your thoughts on, you know, how far the Democratic Party has has moved over the last number of years and why younger people are embracing this extreme left ideal? Well, I think the, uh, I think the evidence is clear. Uh, it's, a, it's a great question, Rebecca. Evidence is clear. It really starts in our public education systems. It goes right from, uh, from kindergarten right up through PhD, uh, PhD programs in our colleges and universities. Uh, the biblical principles, the uh, Magna Carta, the Declaration of Independence, the uh, the Mayflower Compact, as an example, which is our birth certificate of our nation, um, they, uh, they actually allude to character. It, it alludes to morality. It alludes that, uh, as, um, as uh, Dennis Prager likes to say, if all of us would, if all of us would abide by the Ten Commandments, what a wonderful life this would be. And if you really <laughs> think about uh, what Jesus said, and I really look at this as almost like our engine that drives me, and it should drive every Christian. Uh, he said, what are the two greatest commandments? Fear God, love God, uh, you know, respect, love God, adore God, however you want to worship God. And the second one, love your neighbor. And then he said, who is your neighbor? It's not my white, old white guy next door to me, or, uh, or, or somebody across the, you know, across the, into, let's say, uh, Los Angeles. It's my neighbors. It's I, I need to love my love my enemy, to those who hate me. All the things that we, we kind of resist and say, oh, I can't do that. Jesus said, there's no asterisk. He says, your neighbor is the very person that's screaming at you at, at some protest picket line. And you don't, you don't scream back. You just say, you know what? Jesus loves you. He made you. He loves you. I hope you find the Lord because he can guide you. So it's back to the education that we no longer are teaching 
American history, Constitution, incoming moral, uh, you know, law-abiding citizens as good moral uh, citizens. And I don't know if you know Marva Collins out of, she passed away, she was one of my mentors. She was a African-American teacher that set up her own private school in the south side of Chicago. It was like Compton. And she took kids from the worst of the worst of the worst neighborhoods and brought them into class. And you know what the first day of class she told each child? She says, children, when you're in my, and when you're in my classroom, you're going to learn. I don't care what goes on and what people say on the outside. In my classroom, you're valuable, you're intelligent, you're precious, and I'm going to teach you things you need to know and she graduated some of the most brilliant young students, young African-Americans that are incredibly successful but because she could not buy, uh, you know, all the excuses why an inner city child can't read, can't write, can't do arithmetic. We, 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 we can do it all by bring it all back into the classroom, starting right in the, uh, let's say the three-year-olds, teaching the basics of, Christianity, basics of reading, writing, arithmetic, and we now rebuild our nation. It has been left in desolation since 19, what was it, 1961 when Madeline Murray O'Hara won the Supreme Court decision to throw the Bible out, to throw prayer out of school. The decline of America started in that time when the Supreme Court said, yes, it is unconstitutional, when it's really not at all unconstitutional. Interesting. Well, thank you. And I agree with that perspective that um, our schools are failing our children in many ways. Uh, we pray that these schools open soon. We know that our children need to get back to some in-school learning. They need to develop those social skills. And we've got to pray for our teachers. You know, teachers, there are many, many very good teachers out there. And on the same on the other hand, there are some teachers who really have lost the passion for teaching. Uh, it, is, it is important that we support our teachers and give them all of the tools that they need to uh, get behind our children. But I can't emphasize enough, and I think our members understand that the greatest teachers are our parents. Uh, and that's where our children really build those basic uh, skills. It's through the family. And AMAC does support the family. Uh, did you want to say something, Arnie? No, I was just going to say it's so true. Uh, it's just having adults that care about the child, whether the adult is a parent or the, the adult is a, is a teacher, cares enough about them that to be able to teach them the right things in the right way. And our founder and our founders, our framers. I, I'm a I'm a great fan of American history, as you can tell over my shoulder. Um, but what I what I really value, if you anybody would ever read John Adams and his heart with his wife. They were so anti-slavery and they were, you know, the classic middle-income white folk. Sure. They, they loved freedom for the, they hated slavery. They were abolitionists before we even knew what abolitionism was. So we have many, many, uh, many, many good people, especially African-Americans that are dying, not dying, but I'm saying they're really thirsty for a message where you can say, come here, we have a candidate that is not going to try to kill your baby when your when your when your little baby is got when your little teenage daughter is pregnant. It's going to be it's it's going to be a wonderful thing to see that uh, develop uh, next year, twenty twenty two. 
Well, that's great. I know your 2021 goals include uh, helping to fund adoptions, which is wonderful, and to free innocent prisoners. Um, share with us, what are you, how are you going about the funding of adoptions and the, um, the freeing of innocent prisoners? Those are some really, really aggressive goals, but they're beautiful <laughs> goals to have. So uh, what can people know about how you're going about that? Well, you know, Rebecca, and the biggest, the biggest piece of this particular equation is money. Money is a very important element. Uh, just, just ask George Soros and uh, who is the other guy? Zuckerberg, who did a wonderful yeah. job in, uh, in funding candidates. So our message is going to be performance-based politics, meaning don't tell me what, you, what you're going to do. Tell me what you've done for me. And, uh, and we're going to run the candidates for office that are going to divert they tax the billions and billions of dollars going overseas over, over all these what I call childish programs. Climate change is really a childish program. I don't care how I can. I, I'm, I'm a math major. I, I know physics. I know a little bit about um, uh, chemistry. I think. Uh, anyway, I'm, I can know enough. I don't know nothing about chemistry, so <laughs> you're you got me beat. <laughs> you know. When we talk about climate change, the single, you know, single most powerful energy source, forget about windmills, forget about solar panels, forget about fossil fuels. We turned off the sun, turn off the sun 24 hours and see what happens to, to your birdbath in Florida. Watch what happens, how quickly the birdbath in Florida will freeze over in 24 hours. The power of the sun is the ultimate uh, arbitrator of climate. I, I won't go into more detail, but that's a childish thought. But instead of spending billions of dollars for climate change changes, we take those billions of dollars, divert them into the inner cities, rebuild schools, rebuild homes. Rebuild I'd be all in support of that. Yeah, if we can divert money away from some of this crazy climate change stuff. You know, it's funny. They say the world's going to end in 12 years, yet they buy these huge properties and invest in millions right on the coast, you know, on small islands across the globe. Yeah. And you think to yourself, why would you have just spent $8 million buying that mansion if you thought the world was going to be over, especially on the coast of California, you know, <laughs> if you think it's going to fall into the ocean? So uh, it, it is so true that we need um, we need to see more of that. And I love that you are just have such a wonderful heart. Again, you're you're a member of AMAC. And this this goes to show the diversity of our AMAC membership. AMAC was really formed to, ah, you got the magazine. Woohoo! That's great because that magazine wasn't making it everywhere. So I'm glad to see you got that. But uh, uh, there you go. I read your editorial. Wonderful editorial. Beautiful. Thank oh, you. well, thank Beautiful. you very much, Arnie. Yeah, well, it has been a real pleasure having you on with us. And I think the moral of today's story and, and this interview with you, Arnie, is that look at all that we can do together. I mean, I won't finish the uh, I won't finish up the sentence, but we'll let our listeners uh, fill in the blanks. Right. A Democrat and a Republican sat down to talk common sense on a podcast. And we did. Right. Sounds like the introduction to a joke, <laughs> but it's true. We can do that because, Arnie, you and I, we both know that we're created by a wonderful God. Uh, we share the same uh, values of faith, family and freedom. And our faith is what guides us. So. Uh, I wish you the very best of luck in your effort to help bring truth to the American people, to unite people, and especially, Arnie, for what you're doing to protect life. That is just wonderful. Keep up the great work. 
Thank you. Thank you very uh, thank much. Thank you for being with us today. And and for all of you listening out here, thank you for joining today's podcast, AMAX Better for America podcast. And we look forward to having you back with us again next time. Thank you for listening to the Better for America podcast. To learn more about AMAC and all it has to offer, visit us at www.amac.us.